Kids these days. I am Tara Reynolds sitting here with my friend Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hello. What's up, Rachel? How are you? Welcome back. We've been on summer hiatus. Yeah, summer hiatus. So sorry. I know you've all been just waiting for our amazing podcast episodes to return. Yes. I think about 100 <laughs> people have asked yeah. me. Oh, 200. <laughs> 200. Where have we been? Yeah, all of our followers and fans. <laughs> given, I've been giving out autographs. It's crazy. It is crazy. We're joking. <laughs> um, so, what'd you do this summer? Oh, man, I did a lot of things. Uh, went on a few mission trips, which was awesome. Cool. To Uga- I got to go to Africa. Where? Went, went to Uganda, and it was amazing. Got to work with a ministry partner out there with some of our students, yeah. and so that was really amazing. Loved it. Beautiful country. I didn't know it was so tropical. Like, really? Yes. It's, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that It's subtropical, and so it's not deserty at all. Like, when I think of Africa, of course, I think of the Sahara. Yeah, and I think so. Of I think like of dry desert. desert, yeah. But no, it was very like tropical and beautiful. And did it look like the Texas Hill Country? I mean, oh, I'm trying no, to it imagine was be- more beautiful than that. Like, have you? Okay, so Matt and I went to Hawaii for our anniversary for not our anniversary for our honeymoon, mm-hmm. and it looked like that. Really? Yes, except without beaches. It's landlocked. So oh, that's interesting. No. It's kind of like when I moved to Houston. I thought it was going to be tumbleweeds. But it's actually more and Louisiana people riding, Bayou. Yeah, and riding horses to school. <laughs> yeah. that's cow- I've gotten that so much from people hats. who move here from the north. They're like, I honestly thought everybody would be in cowboy hats and riding horses to I school. I did, too. Like, I, th- what? I thought who, everybody would be. Who? What? <laughs> well, and what if you move here? on Go Texan Day, that actually is the truth. Well, that's true. But or if you're like, around rodeo time. Rodeo time. If you're, and if you meet my family, then that is true. <laughs> they, do, they ride horses to work and wear hats. Wear cowboy hats. So <laughs> You're not helping. Well, they're farmers and cowboys, so it really – that's their profession, so it's okay. But, you know, if you come to Houston, it just looks like any old city. It's just really hot. It really hot. and But it it looks like Louisiana Bayou. Yeah, it does. You're right. All the bayous. I've not seen a tumbleweed since I've lived in Texas. I think that if Houston had weather that was at at all times about 10 to 15 degrees cooler, Mm -hmm. like at all times throughout the year – I have a theory that it would be the best city to live in in the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah. That's my theory. Then it would be Southern California, which is not. Yeah. No one no one wants to live there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what did you do this summer? Uh, so I am originally from Tennessee, so um, took the family back, and we went to Dollywood. Dollywood. Are you familiar with Dollywood? I am very familiar with it's Dollywood. Like the country Disney World. Yes. I've never been there. I've heard really, really, f- I've actually it's heard good so, things. It's so heard fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where can you get homemade pork rinds? Like right there. <laughs> Scary. That's, yeah. My husband loves pork rinds. Well, he can get them fresh at Dollywood. <laughs> Dollywood. <laughs> yeah. I've been to like in Branson, Missouri. They have like a small, they have like a, a Dolly Parton like arena thing and they do like a show and Mm -hmm. she announces it like it's a recording of her but yeah it's like i've heard it's like a very 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 small taste of like what dollywood is like yeah i liked it it was fun yeah it was branson though so i was probably the youngest person there (laughs) (laughs) by a lot by a lot (laughs) but it's pretty there so yeah yeah you know 
I like Dollywood. I mean, I think it's, you know. It's not too far from where all the fires happen, though. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. And and there was still a ton of fire damage. So that was kind of sad. Oh, that is sad. Yeah. But But you got to see family. Got to see family and got to see, I didn't get to actually see Dolly Parton. That would have been cool. Yeah. But, I've heard um, she's a really nice person. She is. Well, I mean, I haven't met her. <laughs> You've never met her. <laughs> but from you just everything just, I hear. Yes. That, yeah, she's very kind and yeah. giving. So it's so. good. Cool. That's good. That's awesome. Okay, so I think it's time for our word of the week. It is. Everybody's favorite portion of our podcast. <laughs> yes. I know it. It's for sure. Well, speaking of Uganda, since that's why I actually learned about this word of the week when I was in Uganda. So it's actually an app. So parents, you know, take note. This is an app. Yeah. It's called House Party. House party. House party, yes. And it's basically uh, kind of like, you know how there's group messaging apps, so you don't have to do the group messaging feature on your phone. You can use like WhatsApp is another one, or um, GroupMe is another. It's like that except for video chat. So you can video chat like FaceTime with with up to eight people. Wow. Yeah, and it's funny because it looks like, you know, the Brady Bunch. You know how they're yeah. all the talking heads? Yeah. Or like, what is that, Hollywood Squares or whatever show? <laughs> wow, like, you are going old school I right know. now. <laughs> well, I watch a lot of Nick at Night, so it's fine. Uh, but, yeah, and so it's kind of like that. It's funny. So you can, like, talk to all these people in a group chat. So how does it work? I mean, do people interrupt people or? Yeah, so actually you have to, you ha- like, you can – you can interrupt. It's kind of like a conference call. Mm-hmm. So it works the same way where if you're talking, like a lot of people can talk at the same time. So it could get frustrating. But it, yeah. the kids, like the, they like to have the idea of being all together and stuff. So my group was using it to talk to each other yeah. when we were there, which was funny, like uh, for, with friends back home. But um, you, you can – I think it's the limit is eight. And you can lock it. So like if there's three people, you mm-hmm. can like lock it so that you can't add any more people. Uh, but yeah, you can add throughout the conversation. You just have to like, I guess there's a feature where you can go just click and be like, add this person and it so, dials them. So is there like a dark side to it? What do you think? Um, I mean, just like with anything in technology, there's always a dark side. I think with, mm-hmm. especially with apps, you can, there can be a dangerous side sides to it, but yeah. no, it's not like, it's not like a periscope where you can just, you're watched. Like it's like a phone call just yeah. with several people on, but it's on video. So of course you have that aspect where you can see the other person. Yeah. Um, and you can take, of course, you can take screenshots of things. Like, it's you're able to can do you that. Can you, like, click people out? Can you be like, I'm sorry, I'm done with you? I, so I actually want to, like, experiment with it more. I don't know too much about it, but I th- you can, you can, I think you can take someone out of it if you want. But it's like, I'm just thinking, I, I don't like, think people do it. From a bullying perspective, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, it definitely could be. It's like maybe the prank call of this century, except you're not really prank calling because you can't use it's. You're not on. You're not anonymous, which is nice. Like you, yeah. if you're calling, it's from your name. Yeah. And the person has to have the app, and so I could. It's kids can use bullying. Can do use anything for bullying. I think. Yeah. But I don't. I've I've, I've heard mostly just good things about it, and it's you're able to just talk to more people at once on Facetime, yeah. which is kind of fun. Yeah. So. Cool. That's kind of neat. So if you're a family that all lives far away, like if you have a if you're empty nesters and maybe you have a, a daughter in like on the on the west coast and then a son on the east coast, like you mm-hmm. can house party. You can all talk to each other at the same time. That's kind of like fun. Skype, except on, you can do it on your phone. Yeah, it's a little easier. So that's cool. I like yeah. that. So that is our word for the week: house the party. Week. Uh, but tell me, Rachel, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about apprenticeship parenting. 
Ooh. It's just one of the things I made up. I kind of made up that term. So, okay, when <laughs> I think of apprenticeship, I think of like the first word that comes to my mind is like blacksmith. Blacksmith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that's like, exactly so what that, we're talking so about you're today. Talk, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no. You know, well, okay. So I, I kind of think about that too. When I think about apprenticeship and even, you know, I read up on it some in preparation, but in the Middle Ages, Families would send their kids away to other families as young as four, which is kind of creepy, to these people they didn't know and um, would have them be an apprentice. And part of it really was kind of a darker side of indentured servitude and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, trying to, um, you know, make money for their family. Or, you know, it was one less mouth to feed if they sent them off somewhere. So that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) I was like— Oh, man, I'm not talking about bleak. sending your children away, <laughs> even though every once in a while that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'm talking about is different. You know, as I've harped on before, sometimes I think as parents we get so uh, consumed with our kids' sports, with their grades and all those things, and we miss teaching them some of the more practical things of adulting. Those things get lost. Mm-hmm. And so – and even in the older – olden days, not like Middle Ages, but before college, before so many people went to college, apprenticeship was a lot bigger, I think, in families where they would teach you to work on the farm, teach you to learn a trade. Um, yeah, trade work. Trade was, work, was much, right. Yeah, you worked on the farm or you went to the you went to the, um, to the the factory or, yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. So, and I'm not necessarily saying that is exactly, that's not exactly what I'm talking about, but what I'm talking about is we do need to somehow have a sense of uh, teaching our kids skills to live Mm. to adult um, when they grow up and that we need to apprentice that. They they don't just learn it, you know. They can't just learn. I mean, you can kind of learn some of this stuff on your own, but you miss the cool, like, tricks or, like, the shortcuts. Yeah, and and just being a little more deliberate about it, I think. Yeah. I think that in – there's really three sets of skills for me that I think parents need to focus on is um, emotional skills, practical skills, spiritual skills. And by emotional skills, I mean really how to be in relationship with people. I just read this article last week, in fact, and it said uh, it was from a kind of report from colleges, and they said that kids aren't showing up emotionally ready. Mm. And just being able to navigate um emotional issues, to process things with people, to be in relationship with their, you know, roommates, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, that kind of thing. So somehow we have to teach them the emotional skills to how do you navigate complex relationships and things like that. So that's one thing. And then practical skills, just really, you know, how do you cook? How do you manage finances? All that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, And then the spiritual skills, you know, how do they... And that's a discipleship kind of thing, but how do they really develop their spirituality on their own? How do they de- deepen their faith? Um, we have to teach that. Yeah, how to how to choose a church. How to choose when a church. Go, yeah, that's big. Right, how to get involved in church, how to serve in a mm-hmm. church. It's really good. All those kind of things. So I think that each of these things, if we uh, adopt just an apprenticeship mindset to say, yes, I have to teach my kids these things— before they leave. Yeah. And it goes fast, you know? I mean, I have a almost 15-year-old. Like, oh I remember gosh, when he crazy. was <laughs> born. And I know everybody said everybody gets tired of hearing, it goes fast. It goes fast. Um, and 
And I would say this is apprenticeship model can be used your entire parenting career. You yeah. know, that's something it starts with toddlers on up. And in some ways, I think we're better when the kids are little doing some of this apprenticeship stuff, you know, in terms of teaching them little skill, how to get dressed, how to write, all those things. But then as they get older, you know, they get more distance from us, and we forget that we're still supposed to be teaching them these important skills. skills. Was there was there stuff that your parents did that, like, did they teach you any skills that you feel like really helped you or not or didn't teach you? <laughs> didn't teach me. I think, um, yeah, I think, okay, one, my um, – Okay, I'll tell you one thing my mom did teach me and one thing she didn't. So I'll start with the good first. She worked with me a lot on cooking. And even in high school, you know, she showed me how to cook. And then in high school, she said, okay, one night a week, you've got to plan a whole meal and cook it. And that was good. That's a good idea. So I felt confident. You know, she taught me the skills, and then I did the skill, then I did it, and I felt confident about it. Now, the one thing that she taught me that did not work out so well is tying my shoes. I cannot tie my shoes. And, I mean, my shoes always come untied. And the funny thing is she also taught my kids how to tie their shoes, and their shoes always come untied. Their shoes are always (laughs) untied. I just said, like, the other day I saw saw your daughter, and she was walking around. I was like— why is your shoe untied? All the <laughs> time. Tie your shoe. And people tell her all the time, tie your shoes. And she's like, I just did. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my mom taught them how to tie their shoes wrong. And I, I cannot help them unlearn it. I've tried. But see, <laughs> I was taught the same way. So we're missing some critical link in the shoe tying process. You make I don't the know. bunny ears, and the bunny goes around the hole and through the hole, and then you pull tight. See, I, something is amiss. You've got to teach me how okay, to tie I'll, shoes. What, I'll and my you, children. I'll teach you how to tie your shoes. It, it's kind of embarrassing everywhere we go every adult tells my children they're like tie your shoes well i don't tie my shoes correctly either but they stay tied yeah like ours the do bow not does tied. not the bow does not rest on my shoe correctly it's like <laughs> it's like weird and wonky okay like then don't teach me I'll but, somebody else. but at least it stays tied i don't well, fall down true. so so what about your parents was there some things you felt like they okay yes i think okay so my mom was really really great about being intentional about teaching my brother and i how to um, have like like correct etiquette. So here's you should send always RSVP to things when you're invited. You know you always yeah. need to make sure you RSVP. Or if it's a wedding after six p.m., typically it's a to the floor dress. But now of course now people send more invitations. It's like this is what you like. It's casual or it's you know black tie optional or what. And so how she did that. But also um, how to like dress for interviews. What business mm-hmm. casual yeah. means. What business professional means and just and so Trey and I have always my brother have always been very prepared for things and there have been times where she has said when I was a kid it was really frustrating but now I adapted as an adult and it's always worked really well for me which is always it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed she always said that when I was a kid I was like that's not true all my friends (laughs) are gonna make fun of me blah 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 but now if I don't know really what to do I always kind of take it up a notch and I I'm always grateful because you're never going to look silly if you're a little overdressed. And so, anyways, that was one of the things they did really well. One of the things I wish they'd worked on with me a little bit more was finances. Uh, I know know how to do money, but it's not – when I was a kid, it would have been nice to be like, this is how much you should be saving from what you're making. This is how – like, this is – and I didn't – I know nothing about, like, investments and stocks. Like, I've had to kind of learn that. It's like, should I be investing in what? And, like, how does that work? 
And fortunately, there are a lot of people that are in our like in our context that are mentors that have helped with that. Yeah. But that was one thing. I just went into college cold. And so yeah. when I came out of college, I didn't really have a lot of money saved. I, I struggle with like saving money instead of spending money because it's like, oh, I have the money. And it's like, no, you put it away for later. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. one of the things I wish I would have learned. And, yeah. so, and that's one of the things you mentioned, I think, earlier when you were talking about the emotional, practical, and spiritual skills. Yeah, yeah, I think so, that's definitely... That's so I want to hear more about what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so let me just kind of talk through how it would look if you were in in apprenticeship parenting. You know, first is um, to just offer an example of it in your daily living. So if there's something you say, yeah, I need to teach my kid this. Maybe if you say, you know, I really want to make sure that, I mean, have a goal in mind, right? Say maybe um, I really want my kids to be reading the Bible and in Bible study when they leave. Okay, if they never see you studying your Bible or doing anything like that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not seeing that. So just to model that, model that you're doing that. Or um, even they're talking about finances, you know. Uh, first, let them see you sitting down, working on a budget, how talking to through a the, checkbook, how to how balance your yeah. checkbook, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, or, you know, from an emotional standpoint, for example, if you want to teach your kids the skill of advocacy, which I think is a very important skill, especially mm-hmm. when they go to college, just how to speak up for themselves, how to— that type of thing, then show them that. You know, one thing, this is a little thing, but when my kids were little and we were at a fast food restaurant, don't judge, and <laughs> they'd say, we need more ketchup. And I was like, okay, go ask for it. And they're like, I don't know how to do that. So I'm like, okay, let me take you up there, and I'm going to ask for ketchup. And then the next time, you're going to ask for ketchup. That sounds silly, but I think that's, you know. That's a big deal when you you're have, little. When you're little, yeah. right. That was last week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but you have to show them what to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also, the, there's a term called backward chaining. I think I've used that before, but it's that same idea where you 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 do it for them and then you slowly step back. So you model it, you do it for them so they see you do it. Then the next step is we do it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you, you say laundry. They watch you do it. Then you say, okay, we're going to do this together. This is how I do it. This is how I separate the whites. This is how I separate the darks. This is blah, blah, blah. Um, Then the next thing is guided practice. Like, I'm going to watch you do it. So I'll stand back, and you do it, and I can watch you do it. And then independent. Do it yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you cook that entire—that's the way my mom was like, okay, cook the entire meal, you know, yourself. And then the last thing is give feedback, which Mm -hmm. my brother would love to give feedback. After I cooked a meal, it wasn't always <laughs> the best, right? But the, it's this idea where you're, which is the whole thing of parenting, really, is letting go in small steps. It's just this way that you are teaching them and giving them the, not only the skill, but the confidence to practice the skill. Mm-hmm. So that they have practical things to do. Because I think sometimes we use our words a lot in parenting. We say, you need to go do that, even when they're little, right? You need to go clean your room. Or you need to not spend all of your allowance on candy, um, that type thing. And, and sometimes words are fine. But a lot of times I think apprenticeship, thinking in apprenticeship mind, like how do I teach them to do this thing and teach them to do it well? They have a more solid understanding and they're more confident to be more independent, which is 
you know, ultimately a goal of us for childhood is to help our kids be able to function without us in the real world. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes, you know, our husband, my husband, our my husband, <laughs> sorry, my husband and I let the children see us argue. I mean, we're not throwing things or anything like that. Right. It's in a but, controlled manner. Yeah. But they let us see us work through conflict. something, conflict, and resolve it. Right. And be on the other side, and they hear us apologize to each other mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So that's a way that we can model it. And then, you know, when they're arguing with their uh, sibling, <laughs> you can help them say, okay, how can you do this better? Mm-hmm. Rather than punching them, <laughs> guided is there practice. another way? Yeah, let's gu- that's guided practice. Yeah. Right. How can you do this better? So obviously every situation is going to be different. You're not going to follow it exactly like model, this, right, modeling, shared practice, step. guided practice, independent practice, give feedback. But I think if you think along those lines, right. you know, how do I um, – even for little kids, it's simple as getting dressed, you know, first – Lay out all the, their clothes and say, okay, this is what you're going to wear today. The next day, help me pick out your clothes. What goes? What all do you need to get dressed? And then that sort of thing. You that's, know? Really, that's really good thought. So and I think just thinking through the steps, because for some kids, you know, I have one kid that all these things are super easy, and I can just show her once, and she can do it. Um, my other one, not so much. It, it takes a lot more practice. And that's the other thing you have to realize, I think, with apprenticeship parenting is s- some skills and some kids are going to acquire – they'll acquire things quickly. Yeah. And for some kids, y- you have to invest a lot. And the apprenticeship parenting model, I think, can be very helpful for some kids. Yeah. And just to tack on a little note there at the end, I think it's also really helpful for people working in children's and youth ministry. Like for me, this is super helpful. I don't have children of my own yet. But helping students who want to step into leadership, mm. you can't just leave them out to dry. You have. I think this is a super helpful way to teach in a shared practice. I'm gonna, we're gonna do this together. I'm gonna teach you how to do it, and then you can do it, and I'm gonna watch and give you feedback, and then that, and then that's gonna create more of a fail forward in a very controlled way for kids to be able to do those things. Yeah. And I think that's super helpful. But and I think this style of Parenting is also helpful for um, maybe if you have some helicopter parent tendencies, mm-hmm. it may help you as well to give up a little bit of control. To have some boundaries. Right, because yeah. you're showing them, you're doing it for them, but then you're slowly stepping away. Mm-hmm. And I think some parents are more <laughs> helicopter parents because they fear. They fear that if they stop helping, stop doing, that everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. But if you and your child can work together on skills, on things, if they, if you can really start to work with them and say, okay, um, I'm going to help you remember your homework today, but you know, next time we're going to talk about what is the system. I'm not going to put your homework in your backpack for you anymore. You know, I'll put, I'm going to put your homework in your backpack today. Watch me. Tomorrow I'm going to remind you, put your homework in your backpack. The next day... Um, well, you know, that kind of... And if they forget their homework later, it's it's help... I mean, it's it sounds harsh, but it's like, well, I'm not going to bring your homework up to school. That's right. the consequence of you, you forgetting. I've taught you how to do it. it. Yep. And so I think that might help if, you, if you're if you a parent that tends to have a little more like, I want to, 
you know, control it. Um, it might be helpful for you, too, as a way to step back slowly so you feel like, yes, I've taught my child the skills to function and do this on their own, and I don't have to um, maneuver every little step with them. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this is good, Rachel. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's like it'll be a new catchphrase now, apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. Parenting. Well, I really, I really do. Uh, yeah. I really <laughs> do like the steps. That's really helpful. The shared practice and the guided practice, the independent practice, and the give feedback. It's yes. really great. It's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us again after our summer hiatus. Yep. I hope you had great summers too. We're really glad that we're back in business with kids these days. See you later. See you later. Yeah.